No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth radio show shall constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation or diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. When it comes to investing, retirement, and legacy planning, the decisions you make today can greatly impact the quality of life for both you and your loved ones tomorrow. What you need is straight, unbiased information on the most important issues you'll face when planning for your financial future. Good news. You found the Growing Your Wealth radio show with Brian Evans. Brian is the founder of Madrona Financial Services, and with his background as a CPA, he brings a unique perspective to the investment and financial planning world. He follows the philosophy rooted in his tax experience of, it's not what you make, but what you keep. And this focus on tax-smart investment strategies is all part of the fully integrated planning strategy known as the Madrona Bundle of Services. You'll hear Brian's thoughts on everything impacting your portfolio, from income to taxes, and from growth opportunities to long-term security. This is your source of comprehensive financial information. You'll soon understand why they call it the Madrona Difference. So get ready for an hour full of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. And welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Thank you so much and welcome to Growing Your Wealth, the radio show that gives you straight talk and honest answers about how to invest better, live better, retire better, and give better. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have some valuable information for you, of course, during the coming hour that very well could change your financial life for the better. My name is Jeff Shade, and as always, I'm just here to ask the questions, but the words of wisdom and solid advice come from the expert Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. How are you doing today, Brian? I'm doing good. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to hear it as always. I hope our listeners are doing well today, too. Well, Brian's still sequestered here to a certain extent. Of course, we're in phase two of our opening strategy here. And uh, some people, you know, it couldn't be soon enough, but other people are still a little bit worried that it's going to be too soon. Anthony Fauci, the doctor that we've been listening to for these past several months, says that this coronavirus pandemic is his worst nightmare. And he spent his career working on things such as HIV and SARS. So his view is that we're not quite out of the woods yet. Do you think we're opening at this point because of public unrest insofar as, hey, you know, we've been locked down too long and we've got to get back to work. I mean, if you don't get back to work, you don't have money, you can't live, and that's not healthy for an economy. Right. I mean, you know, I'm no doctor or, or politician or anything, but take take a look at the situation. We're not going to have a vaccine for quite a while. And so you have a choice. You can either wait until you, everybody's vaccinated and have everybody on lockdown till then. And if that were to happen, I think our economy would completely collapse. There would be no one would be able to pay for anything if everybody shut down for a year or longer, which is what we'd be looking at. And so that's not feasible. So on the flip side, there's opening things up and knowing you're going to have you're going to have the disease out there. And it's a calculated risk. It's not unlike war, you know, where you go to war, you're going to expect a certain number of casualties. 
And so in this war, you know, if, if you don't go to war, every, the economy dies. And so right. people die with that, or you take some casualties along the way. So by opening up, it does bring up the question, why close, you know, why did we really close that much at all? And maybe that was the initial spread was able to be arrested to a degree. So now it's just kind of a calculated risk at this point that uh, life has to go on economies have to go on you know you've heard the term uh, the cure is worse than the disease and and that would be true if you waited until we had a vaccine but uh, i think there's a lot of unbridled optimism hey everything things are lifted i can get a haircut now everything's back to normal i'll just go about my business like before and everything's gonna be great and the market's gonna be great and everything's wonderful again well that optimism might be a little little high because, you know, the disease is still here. <laughs> it didn't go anywhere. We don't have a cure. So that, that's the bottom line there. Yeah, I'm surprised when I go by malls or things like that or, you know, shopping centers, that sort of thing, strip malls. I'm really shocked by the number of cars there are in the parking lot. And, you know, you see these news features from around the country and people are partying, you know, like it was 1999 or something like that, too. I mean, Mm -hmm. they've been pent up for so long. But I think you make a good point there, too, is that we really do have to crack this door open more so and expect some casualties. Because if we keep things buttoned up the way that it's been, I mean, the economy is going to just collapse to the point where it may not be recoverable. And so many have lost jobs. And I get worried because it's just too many people that don't have jobs. And I think it's going to eventually catch up to the market. Are you concerned that the stock market's rally from its March lows may run out of steam unless Congress approves additional coronavirus relief measures? Well, absolutely. I mean, that's the only reason it's it's up right now is because we borrowed, you know, three plus trillion dollars and gave it out to people. And and uh, put it back into the economy and, and give it out in benefits so people could pay their rent and all that stuff. So that's great for a month or two or, you know, uh, that, but that's about it. And then that runs out. And now what's your second wave going to be? Are you going to keep doing that? Well, the reality is you cannot keep doing that. Uh, you, you can't borrow your way into prosperity. I mean, it's just, it's not realistic. So whether they do another stimulus or not, you know, you have to look at things and go, no matter what, we have a lot of people that aren't working and they are going to need some help and they don't have a place to live, maybe, or whatever. And I, I do want to talk on the show about selling your, your real estate and well, why now might be a pretty good time, especially if you happen to be in a certain zone in Seattle. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But, you know, making investment decisions around that. What's the world going to look like? We have a different world now. And a lot of people I've been talking to, well, I'm just going to hang on and, you know, uh, just keep going the way I've been going. I'm like, okay, the world just changed on you, though. And so might want to change with it, adapt with that, adapt your investment strategies with that. There's been a lot of adaptations we've, we've done at, at Madrona Financial for our clients in the last couple months, a lot of them. And uh, that's paying off and certainly should pay off in the future. But yeah, I do want to talk again later on the show about valuations in different areas and, and some real scary stuff I'm seeing in my data. Yeah, and uh, you make a very good point there about the adaptability and some of the things that you've done here at Madrona for your clients. And I think that's the secret to success, or that's the secret, I think, to longevity is the ability to adapt. I think, you know, somebody said, as I recall in one of my biology classes or something, it's not the strongest of the fit, it's, it is the ability to adapt. 
And a lot of businesses have been adapting to this coronavirus pandemic. Although they are opening up, they're going back to business, not as usual, but with fewer people. Do you think that because all these cubicles don't have to be filled any longer and, you know, you don't need as many employees, do you think that businesses are going to take a look at that and go, well, you know, we could possibly get back to full strength with half the people that we had, and that's going to really affect unemployment. And, you know, what does all this mean for the future of the economy of the United States and investing and growing your wealth in general? Well, yeah, I mean, certainly uh, there's going to be a lot less uh, face-to-face customer service uh, right there. And people are going to adapt by getting more efficient with how they communicate, how they service clients, how they service their product. So it's it, it is going to cut out a lot of labor. Uh, I, I think no question. You just see it in little little ways. Like for instance, I might have had, uh, let's say, I had three meetings scheduled, and I haven't seen my client for a long time, and we chat, and and uh, you know, it takes an hour, hour and a half. Well, now those meetings are on Zoom or or Teams, and they're much quicker because it's kind of like, well, you know, we catch up, but just kind of get down to business because you know that's. It's kind of the, the nature of being online like that. And so, and you know, it's not just me, it's, it's any business, anywhere you are, uh, the, the time at, in the office when people are chatting, you know, that's going to kind of cut down if they're not there to chat with anybody because you're working from home. Certainly communicating with people via the internet as opposed to, you know, video conferencing or whatever, there's no travel time now. There's, there's all these other things that are going to go away. How... Uh, services and goods are delivered anymore. So, so much of it's you know delivered to your door. Or even as we talked on a previous show, that butcher in New York that has a vending machine for his T-bones, you know, and, and everything mm-hmm. else, and and business really picked up. So you know, I don't know all the different changes there's going to be, but there's going to be a lot. And uh, yeah, adaptation's key. Yeah, and I mean, you've got this beautiful building here at Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs, and with the pandemic, a lot of your people have been able to work from home. And, you know, it occurred to me that a lot of people who do have commercial real estate, they have large structures, they have a lot of offices for their employees, may not need them in the future, and the employees that they keep could very well work from home. So that is going to change, I think, the face of commercial real estate. And with these low interest rates, I mean, that's changing real estate to some extent, too. I know Jerome Powell says that that, uh, he intends to keep these interest rates down for the next couple of years until at least 2022. So what do historically low interest rates like this, what does that mean to the economy and to investing? Well, yeah, I mean, you brought up a good point there that when if you own uh, real estate, investment real estate, and let's say it's office space, your tenant, when that lease comes due next time, is probably going to come to you and go, you know what, we need about half of right. what we had before. Let's say you own a strip mall and those leases come due. Well, that that one restaurant uh, didn't reopen and the tanning salon didn't reopen or whatever it is, and they didn't reopen. And so now it's half full and the other tenants are going, this is a dead spot. I got We got empty businesses around us. Nobody wants to come to a strip mall where half the businesses are gone. I'm not going to renew mine either. Um, you're going to have people that own apartment buildings and they're going to have to be very competitive about their rents because not as many qualified renters will be out there because so many people lost their job. I could go on and on and on with this about uh, how it's going to affect people that own real estate and you really need to, if you know, if you've been just satisfied, oh yeah, no, I'll be fine. Well, you might want to take a better look at it and I'm sure most people are aware that own real estate that I have a risk factor that didn't exist prior to 
all of this that I would probably really should address. Maybe now is the time that I consider, you know, if you've been listening to me, the Delaware Statutory Trust, and I get out of the local real estate and get into some, some diversified newer real estate professionally managed across the country in other areas. So I think that's going to be a topic of conversation. I'll have more and more. And of course, we're going to continue to talk about all of this on today's show and what all of this means to you. But I do want to remind our listeners, you know, we've been doing this show now for six, six and a half years. People have been listening to us. And, you know, if you have not called to get a no obligation, free complimentary financial plan, I think there's really no better time to do it than right now. It doesn't cost you anything. That number is 844-MADRONA. You can sort of kick the tires here at Madrona Financial Services and again, offering a complimentary financial plan. Now, you don't have to go for the whole financial plan. If you've just got some questions that you want answered, maybe you want a shorter sort of phone call. No cost, no obligation. Again, you can get that too, sort of a mini consultation. 844-MADRONA is the number to call. You can also request it online at madronafinancial.com. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth. Thanks so much for joining us today. Jeff Shade along with Brian Evans. We'll be right back with more of our show after this. Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans will be right back with even more ways to help you stay focused on your retirement goals. Has your financial advisor called you lately? If you're retired or about to, you need to know how your money is being managed now more than ever. Madrona Financial Services is dedicated to retirement planning and is now offering virtual or phone reviews to help answer the most critical questions about your money. Call them now at 844-MADRONA to schedule your meeting. The meetings are convenient, safe, and designed to provide maximum retirement income. If you haven't heard from your advisor lately and are unsure about your real exposure to risk or exactly how your savings are invested, call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA right now for your virtual or phone meeting. Every minute your advisor doesn't call you could cost you. Get the facts about your money and call the retirement team at Madrona Financial Services now at 844-MADRONA or visit them online at madronafinancial.com. Again, that's 844-MADRONA or online at madronafinancial.com. Many people are experiencing unexpected job loss and find themselves in uncharted waters. From some of the largest employers in our area laying off employees to the smallest having to close their doors. This is impacting many of us and our neighbors. Losing a job is hard enough, but with the added stress of what to do with your 401k or other employer-sponsored plans, it can feel overwhelming. At Madrona Financial Services, we are here to help bring clarity, direction, and strategy to your financial world. Our staff of wealth managers and CPAs can answer your questions and provide the type of guidance these times require. You can start by scheduling a complimentary phone call or virtual meeting so we can discuss your personal situation and how we may be able to help. There are important financial considerations when it comes to certain employer-sponsored plans. We'll help explain your options so you can avoid any unnecessary penalties or taxes. Schedule your complimentary meeting today at 844-MADRONA or online at madronafinancial.com. madronafinancial.com That's M-A-D-R-O-N-A financial.com. Tired of getting only half the story? We've got you covered with the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with your host, Brian Evans. Now, here's Brian. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And in this segment, we're going to continue to talk about valuation, stock markets, and what's going on in the world. 
That's right, Brian. You know, when I take a look at these charts of the market and the stock market in particular, I mean, it sort of looks like a heart monitor. It goes up, down, up, down, up, down. And I know that there are some people who are sitting there going, well, I can time the market. I'll buy it when it's down and I'll sell it when the next the next day when it's up. I don't know that that works on a consistent basis. You've said before that it works until it doesn't work. So what has to happen to this stock market before it's safe to get back in the water again? Well, safe is not probably a word you want to use with the market. Right. (laughs) That's not what it's designed to be. Uh, There are assets that are considered safe, and then there's the stock market that's more for potential growth. But, you know, you have to know what you're buying. You, you can't buy high every time and expect to make money. So I, I did want to spend a little bit of time just talking about valuations of the market in general and then break down the market because the market's, you know, it's lots of different companies and lots of different industries. And some of those industries look really good and some don't look so good. And maybe a good industry is overvalued and a bad industry is undervalued. So there's a lot that can go into it. So the the first thing I wanted to say is that before all this coronavirus, when the market was 29, the Dow was 29.5, I know I was on air talking about that going, well, you know, everything's going great. I understand why uh, we're buying. We had low interest rates. We had no unemployment. We had global markets opening up. We had technological advances, uh, lower regulations, low income taxes, everything. Uh, the interest rates, the 10-year interest rate was down. Everything looked great. And so I get that, that you know, the prices are going to go higher than maybe the true valuation. The true valuation is measured by the price earnings ratio, uh, the typical 16-17 price earnings ratio. At that time, I said, you know, the markets are probably 15% over their historical long-term average of price earnings. Doesn't mean they're going to drop, but it, you know, it's a cause for concern. And then we had coronavirus. And then, of course, we had a massive drop down to the 19,000s. Uh, but then we had a V recovery. And that increase was so dramatic, so fast. And it put us up to where at 29.5, if you take off 15%, the market is actually uh, much lower than it got on the flip side of the V, meaning that the recovery put us above the fair market value that I would compute before coronavirus. So essentially, we have a market, or did have a market, that was priced higher than it should have been without, again, putting any losses attributable to corona in it. And I got to figure that corporate America's profits are not going to be undeterred by coronavirus. There's going to be a drop. We got uh, people that don't have jobs. They can't spend that money. The consumer uh, spending has to go down. It's going to affect bottom lines. So with all that in play, we have to be very careful. And that's just a macro view. That's just the the measuring the Dow. But I do want to get a little more granular and talk about some of the sectors. When you look at the market in general over a period of time, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't we around 10% of all-time highs? Oh, yeah. You know, we just saw the NASDAQ hit its all-time high. Now, the, now the NASDAQ is, is made up of an uh, interesting story about the NASDAQ that people may not know is, you know, why, why do we have the NASDAQ and the New York Stock Exchange? Why aren't all these big companies on the New York Stock Exchange? <laughs> Well, the New York Stock Exchange is very stodgy, and they had rules. And one of some of the rules was you had to be in business for a whole bunch of years before you could apply to be on our prestigious exchange. You had to have profitability of a certain amount for a certain number of years. You had to have a certain number of assets and, and all this stuff. So then it came along all these companies like Microsoft and Apple and, and Dell and you know, all these companies, and they said, well, 
we're we're newer than what you're requiring. Well, yeah, we don't want you. We only want long-term established companies on our exchange. They said, fine, we'll go to this other small startup kind of OTC exchange, over-the-counter exchange called the NASDAQ. Well, now the NASDAQ has all of the biggest companies in the world because they got all the tech companies and all the, the growing newer uh, new age companies that became huge. And the New York Stock Exchange has kept their tobacco and big oil and, and, all, and all of that and missed out. So that was a very poor calculation by the part of the New York Stock Exchange. But we did see the NASDAQ with those companies, which are doing quite well as a group through coronavirus and through everything. Uh, we saw that hit an all-time high. Uh, the Dow is down off theirs, but you know it, it got you know within 10%, uh, 15% of, of its high. And so uh, we, we are seeing that. And but again, I'm, I'm looking at valuations, and even not only by sectors, but by uh, size of companies too. Brian, you had mentioned earlier something, and this relates to the sectors. You talked about the new face of employment, the fact that people are working from home. And yeah, when you're working from home, let's talk about sectors. I mean, you may use more technology at home because you're communicating with your uh, clients and you're communicating with your home office there electronically. So that's one sector of the economy. But when you figure, okay, let's talk about, for example, clothing manufacturing. I mean, you may be doing a lot of this work in your jammies or your sweatpants, that sort of thing. You're not driving your car. So that's the automotive part of it. You're not using fuel. That's the energy part of it. So really, you know, we're really affected by this new way of doing business in a lot of different ways insofar as sectors go. So let's talk about what are some of the sectors that you think that are not going to bounce back and those sectors that you think will not only bounce back, but also prosper. Well, that's a good question. And and certainly you're, you're going to have to do your own analysis. I mean, I can't tell you what, what's going to do well, what's not, but I can tell you some facts and figures. And so the first thing I would like to talk about is let's talk about information technology. So everybody probably agrees that, you know, okay, tech stocks probably will do well. People are working from home or we, we're using our computers more and more. That is, you know, where things are going. Uh, why wouldn't I just buy tech stocks? Well, okay. And uh, I'll even buy them if they seem a little bit overvalued. So let's look at the price earnings ratio of tech stocks. But I am going to break this down into three different areas. The first one is large cap tech stocks. They're trading at, on the day I'm, I'm recording this, 29 times earnings. Okay, that's a little bit high historically, but tech stocks have always traded above earnings because their growth of earnings are so high. So, all right, I, I'm, I'm with you there. And so that would be kind of your NASDAQ uh, kind of index. But what about mid-cap tech stocks? Huh, well, let's look at that. Mid-cap tech stocks are trading at 56 times earnings. Okay, if your growth of earnings are super high, that might be okay. But boy, when the long-term average might be in the, in the low 20s for tech stocks and you're at 56, a little cause for concern. But let's just say you decide, all right, I'm going to buy small cap tech stocks. I'm looking at this Zach's report, and small cap tech stocks' current price earnings ratio is, uh, it's not 20 times earnings, it's 1,328 times earnings. <laughs> well, you look at that and you go, what? That doesn't even make sense. Well, they're so overvalued that as a group, that you got to be super careful uh, if you're just going to go buy small uh, small cap fund that's heavy in tech stocks and you didn't look at the valuations, you might be going, what in the world? And I'm looking at some of the other valuations in the small cap area. Consumer staples at 71 times earnings. 
Some of them are in the 20s and 30s, but there's three sectors that don't have any projected profits. They don't. Ha- they didn't have any profits. Uh, mm-hmm. Energy, uh, small cap, uh, healthcare, small cap, utilities, and communication services. So I'm just going to look at one sector of large cap, mid cap, and small cap, the same one. So I look at technology shares. And large cap tech stocks are trading at about 29 times early uh, earnings today. And so uh, I'm thinking, well, that's above their average. Tech stocks, though, always trade a little bit higher than the long-term uh, broad market average because their growth of earnings are always higher. So, all right, I'm on board with that. And that's more like the NASDAQ type stocks. And then uh, I look down to mid cap tech stocks and I'm thinking, all right, what's their price earnings? Shouldn't it be about the same? No, it's 56 times earnings. And then, uh, this is a Zach's report that I'm looking at. Then I look at small cap tech stocks. I thought, well, okay, maybe small caps would be good. I love technology. Uh, They're going to be the startups, the innovators. I'll just buy one of those funds, right? Well, it's trading at 1,328 times earnings. (laughs) So, I mean, just an incredibly high valuation on that. And so I would never in my life feel comfortable buying a sector at 1,300 times earnings. That's that's. That's like it was back in the dot-com 1999 area, where we didn't care if they had earnings or not, as long as they had dot-com in their name. And so don't fall for that trap where you just say, well, I can outthink this market. I know that people are going to do tech stocks, and I think Apple and those are too high, so I'm going to buy the small cap tech stocks without looking at that thing called P.E. Well, I think you should look at P.E. And uh, you should also consider that there are three sectors out of the 10 in small cap that didn't that aren't making any net profit three of them why would you want to buy stocks that aren't making a profit so there's another question we did see small cap stocks do a rally though recently and mid caps but i'm looking at these valuations going i i don't see it other than we're in a fear and greed cycle if you really want someone sort of a coach on your side someone who might be able to utilize this knowledge for you insofar as uh, picking stocks or maybe helping you grow your wealth that's the name of our show here I invite you to call the firm here at Madrona Financial Services and get a no-cost, no-obligation plan. That's right. No-cost, no-obligation. Nobody's going to put the thumb down on you and insist that you sign on the dotted line. You can either get a first look at your finances and design a plan, a second or a third opinion. To get that, all you've got to do is call 844-MADRONA, 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. You can also request it online at madronafinancial.com. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, and we're going to take a quick break. Be back with more of our show right after this. Stay with us. Stay tuned for more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show you can't afford to miss. The word volatile is rarely used when describing something desirable. It's usually not associated with pleasant outcomes and doesn't sound very appealing unless you're describing a roller coaster or some other thrill ride. And when it comes to your retirement plan, volatile is the last word you want to hear when talking about your nest egg. At Madrona Financial Services, we like to focus on other words when it comes to retirement planning. Words like predictability, opportunity, and security. And while we may live in volatile times, there are strategies that you could be using right now to lessen or even possibly eliminate its impact on your portfolio. If you're concerned about your exposure to market volatility, call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA to schedule your complimentary review. We'll perform a risk analysis of your current portfolio and then discuss the ways we can help you achieve your retirement goals without taking unnecessary chances with your nest egg. Take back control of your retirement. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA or visit us at 
madronafinancial.com. At a time when the world feels like it's filled with fear and panic, we remain calm. When others are making rash decisions based on emotions, we remain vigilant and committed to sound strategy. At Madrona Financial Services, we are dedicated to helping our clients achieve their retirement goals through any type of challenge. We were here to help our clients through the Great Recession, and we're here now to help you get through this dark time as well. That's why we created our Keep Calm and Retire On webinar. It's available now. Register today at madronafinancial.com. Nothing lasts forever, and we will recover from this too, so it's important not to panic. So if you are not confident in your current plan, have concerns about your exposure to market volatility, or are worried about your retirement income, this webinar is for you. Register today for our complimentary webinar, Keep Calm and Retire On. Available now at madronafinancial.com. Register today at madronafinancial.com. That's M-A-D-R-O-N-A financial.com. You can't build a house with just one tool, and you can't plan for retirement without an integrated, comprehensive strategy. If you want to get more information on the Madrona bundle of services, call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now, back to more of Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And in this segment, we're going to continue our discussion about market valuations, talk a little bit about alternatives to that, and talk about the real estate market. And Brian, earlier in the show, I asked you the question, what has to happen for it to be safe to get back in the water again as far as the stock market goes? (laughs) And you corrected me and you said, well, there's really nothing safe about the stock market. There is the potential for an upside there if you want more safety. And again, no investment's entirely safe, but if you want more safety, of course, principal protected vehicles might be the way to go. And I'm talking about annuities and LERPs and IULs and that sort of thing. So it prompted the question, if I want to be in the market and I want to get some of this up upside, but I'm a little, you know, skittish about some of these tech stocks that go up and down. You never know what's going to happen with those things. Would there be more safety in going into what I've always called the blue chip sectors or those consumer staples? And I'm talking about companies such as not particularly things like Kraft and General Motors and GE, that sort of thing. What do you think? Yeah, you know, just when you think a strategy makes a lot of sense in all markets, we get a wake-up call. I remember back in 2008, prior to that, after the dot-com, people were like, I'm just buying high-dividend stocks because no matter what the, the share price does, I get my dividends the same every single time. They've, they've increased them every year for the last 20 years or whatever, and that's the way to go. That will work in every market. I'm sick of the tech stocks and the volatility. And so a lot of money went into that. And what happened was that most of the highest dividend-paying stocks were banks and real estate. And then 2008 happened, and we had a crash in two sectors. What were they again, Jeff? Um, let me think. In 2008? Oh, yeah, real estate. <laughs> yeah, it had to do with real so, estate, sure. Yeah. I uh, guess what happened to your dividends from Washington Mutual and uh, Citibank and all these other ones? Uh, well, some of the companies didn't exist anymore. I think uh, some of the bank stocks went from 100 down to 5 and got bought out and, and so forth. So just when you think that's going to work, it doesn't. So then we go, okay, I'm going to do blue chips. And so blue chips have a lot of the big solid companies, been around 100 years and all that, like oh, oil companies and GM and uh, GE and oh. They're not doing so well through this coronavirus, are they? No, they're not. So one of the areas that dropped the most were blue chip 
funds <laughs> during the coronavirus. They dropped the most, and then uh, they started a little recovery, but then they, they got hammered again. And so that isn't even, as a group, uh, what it used to be because it had industries that were affected by this black swan event called coronavirus. Now, within that sector, though, there are subsectors. So, for instance, in my own portfolios, I have an overweight to consumer staples, stuff that we have to have to get by every day. It doesn't have oil in it. You know, it's not, uh, it's not commodities. Uh, it doesn't have other things like that. But consumer staples, all right. So that tends to fare much better. That's called the defensive uh, sector. And so that can be good. And other defensive sectors are healthcare. And within healthcare, you might have something like biotech. So these are overweights that I particularly have had in, in the portfolios I manage. Within the technology uh, area, of course, that's not a defensive sector, but it's an opportunistic one. And uh, as I mentioned, the large cap technology shares are not as overvalued as mid cap and small cap right now. And then within that, you got subsectors too, like semiconductors, or other things like that. So there, there are all kinds of ways to invest in markets to maybe be a little bit more defensive and opportunistic. I do have positions in cash with my clients right now because I'm waiting for the potential of another drop. Because uh, last time I checked, we didn't solve coronavirus. We just opened things up. And so nothing has changed from the start. Nothing at all. We don't have a vaccine. And so could we have a second wave? I'd say probably more likely than not. We will have some, some, something like that. Some fear cycle will hit the markets at some point, even if we don't. Somehow, some way, I expect another fear cycle. I expect a, another drop. And then it'll be followed by a greed cycle <laughs> when things turn around. <laughs> I would like to have some dry powder to get back in. So, yeah, it's a little complex there. Uh, we can take a lot of the complexity out, though, I think, as you uh, started this segment with more of the secure investments uh, side of things. That's right. Principal protected assets, things such as annuities and uh, fixed index universal life policies, LERPs, and that sort of thing. Brian, you were talking about taking some cash positions or a larger cash position with some of your clients. Now, when I think about having a cash position or dry powder on the side, I remember a scene in The Sopranos on HBO where Tony had his wife Carmela go to the closet and on the top shelf was a briefcase and it had like a hundred grand in cash in it. Now, when you talk about cash positions, you're not talking about putting $100 bills wrapped up in rubber bands in a briefcase, are you? No, no, not so much on that. <laughs> uh, but uh, interesting analogy there. Yeah. Now, the cash positions, uh, I use short-term bond funds, so I get some interest on them, and, and I'm not susceptible unless interest rates rise. And I don't suspect interest rates are going to rise. The Fed chair says they're not going to rise, at least the part that they can manage. And certainly the markets, the global markets, do not think we're going to have inflation for 10 years. That's why people are willing to buy 10-year treasuries that pay 0.7% or pay much less than that internationally because nobody in the global, really, well, I say nobody, but virtually nobody in the global big money world believes we're going to have inflation for 10 years. That's why they're willing to buy those kinds of bonds. So I can put some comfort into knowing that I don't think we're going to have inflation. We have too many dollars out there chasing too few investments. And so there's, you know, no one has to pay a lot of interest to attract money. So that's, that's one, one part of it. 
So with the climate like it is at this point, I mean, we've talked about the different sectors of the market and how they're doing and the potential for growth in some and some that have always been sort of, you know, really doing well or maybe not doing as well. The market has been sort of a cash cow for the last uh, 10, 11, 12 years, something like that. But conditions are different now. As you mentioned, Dr. Anthony Fauci, I mean, he says that uh, he's still really scared about this. Arizona was one of the leaders in opening up their economy, and now they're having a real surge and a spike in the coronavirus pandemic and cases of the coronavirus there. So keeping that in mind, where is the money, do you think, going to go if people are still just a little skittish about the market? What are some investments that make sense in this economic climate? Well, I think the money's still going to go stocks and bonds back and forth uh, for the big money, not for necessarily our money. We're going to have an allocation to the market. So let's say that, um, you know, and, and that's why I like the fixed index annuities for, for cash flow, lifetime in, uh, cash flow. Sometimes it's increasing cash flow for life. And the fixed index universal life, as you mentioned, because you get to participate in some of the market gains when the market's up, as we know, and you get a zero uh, on the downside. And so you don't participate in losses on an annual basis. And so what a great thing to have in a portfolio uh, that's going to create cash flow for life if you think you're going to have a long life, you or your spouse. And so it's, it's imperative, if you do, to have some protection there, I think, for most people, unless you have so much money you can't spend it. Okay. But even in that case, I think most people would like to know that, okay, I'd like X a percentage, whether it's 20% or 40% or whatever of my portfolio that I know can't go down in value and will provide me cash flow for life. What's wrong with that? I mean, I think most people would agree that would be a good thing. If you're talking to your parents and they say, oh, by the way, we bought an annuity a bunch of years ago and it's going to pay us lifetime increasing cash flow for the rest of our lives second to die. How happy would you be as a child to hear that from your parents? <laughs> I mean, I, I can't think of a better, better thing to hear. You mean you took care of that and you're going to be okay because that with Social Security, you got your bills paid. You're good, right? And the, yeah, yeah, we're good. We, we had a really good financial advisor way back when. He took care of us. So one of the ways of looking at fixed index annuities is to say to yourself, you know, maybe today like, ah, they're kind of boring. Yeah, they are. They don't, they don't move like the market does. But you like boring when you're 75 years old. And if your 75-year-old you is looking back at your current you saying, I wish I had done X, I'm going to guess that one of those things that 75-year-old you would tell you is, why don't you buy one of those (laughs) lifetime fixed index annuities that pays me cash flow for as long as I live, increasing over time, and it can't run out. Could you do that for me, please? I'm going to send myself a telegraph back to Brian, and he's going to say it on the radio show. You're going to hear it. <laughs> and that's really a 75-year-old you talking to you right now. So <laughs> that's, that's uh, I think, uh, just having a little fun here. But that certainly could be a, a very important piece to a portfolio. I normally keep my phone on airplane mode where we're doing this show so I don't get the robocalls, but I took it off airplane mode here and I see an ad that came into my email box about annuities and it says protect your retirement with guaranteed monthly income with no market risk, up to 7% returns with no market risk. I mean, when you hear an ad like that that says 7% returns with no market risk, is that being exactly totally transparent or what? No, they should be reported and because that's illegal legal to print that because it's a lie. Okay. Is that stated clear enough? (laughs) I think so. I've got uh, it right here in front of me. It's as big as life. (laughs) That is a lie and that's uh, not compliant Sorry. uh, and it's not ethical because there is no guaranteed 7% rate of return asset. 
Let me add something to that. I will give you 7% more on something if I don't have to pay you 12 payments to get it. So they left that part out. <laughs> yeah. It's just like Social Security. If you wait an extra year, you get higher amounts, 65 to 8%, kind of in that 7% range. These are the same thing. If they're lifetime cash flow, every year you don't take your 12 checks, they'll give you 7% more for your remaining checks, just like Social Security works. It's just a numbers game because you're only going to live X number of years, and they know that, and their break-even point is X, you know, whatever. So it's a complete fabrication and lie. Most of my industry, unfortunately, the insurance side of the industry lies about their product. Everybody, I mean, I had this thing, it's guaranteed 7%, 8%, 10% a year. I'm like, ah, there we go again. They're all lying. <laughs> so I'm just <laughs> calling you guys out. Quit lying to people and quit printing it. I mean, my gosh, if I had that printed and the SEC looked at me, I'd get smacked. And so I don't know who's enforcing this stuff, but uh, it's it's uh, terrible that this is out there and that people are, are actually printing their lies now, not just uh, saying it one to one. So uh, yeah, what you know, our show straight talk and honest answers. How is that for straight talk? You're listening to Growing Your Wealth. Thank you so much for making us a part of your Saturday. We'll be right back with more of our show and our discussion right after this. Discussing the financial issues that matter most to you. We'll be right back with more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Time for today's edition of Growing Your Wealth, presented by Madrona Financial. Here's Brian Evans. Once again, we're probably looking at a year where Social Security is not going to have any increases. I've been talking about that on my radio show for years and years about that's the likely outcome because most projections show that Social Security does not have enough to cover all the proposed benefits in the early 2030s. And so they're going to have to make some changes. Some of those changes might involve when new people can start. It might be taxation to employers and employees to increase the rate of money coming in. There's all kinds of things they might do, but clearly the easiest one is just to not have any increases to inflation. So knowing that and knowing the fact that most people don't even have pensions anymore, whereas in the old days most workers did, now most of them do not, we can't really rely on Social Security to give us increases for any projected inflation. Now personally, I don't think we're going to have inflation of any significance for at least the next 10 years. That's why the 10-year Treasury is priced well below 1% because the world does not believe we're going to have inflation for 10 years. However, let's say that Social Security has got to run 15, 20, 25, 30 years for you, by that point, we'll probably at some point see inflation. So we need to have strategies in our portfolios to provide for increases in inflation and cost of living over time. There are fixed index annuities out there that can give you increasing lifetime cash flow. And so that might be the first question to ask when we uh, talk about ideas for inflation. And that was Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, Madrona Financial, Investments, Retirement, Taxes, and Legacy, madronafinancial.com. Get your free copy of Brian's latest book, The Complete Book of Retirement. It covers everything from the basics of retirement planning to passive real estate investing. Arm yourself with information and take control of your retirement. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA for your free copy or visit madronafinancial.com. Do you ever worry if your CPA and financial advisor are on the same page? You won't have to if you call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or visit them at madronafinancial.com. Now, 
Back to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to be talking about real estate in the Puget Sound. So let's talk about the real estate environment in King County. Now, I understand that there's some sort of an autonomous zone in Seattle that is a rather interesting story. Can you enlighten us a little bit more about that? Yeah, and uh, you know, without getting into the politics of all this stuff, it just it's really... Um, uh, scary to think if I'm a, from an investment standpoint, you know, outside the politics of all of this, from an investment standpoint, if I own real estate in that zone <laughs> and they're uh, not letting people come in there that don't agree with them politically, then I'm in trouble. Uh, now, okay, you might say, well, I own some real estate, but it's not in that zone. Um, okay, well, is it going to be? in an expanded zone is it are, are people just going to throw up their hands and just say i don't want to live near these places because i could be next obviously retailers are saying gosh nobody's going to want to come out anymore unless they all believe in the same politics and now i got to uh, change everything i have or or just you know just let's say you're an older person you kind of like living downtown close to everything and uh, if you're listening to me, maybe you don't share the same politics as, as your young neighbor, and all of a sudden you're the enemy, and uh, you don't want to live in a war zone. And, you know, I go on and on and on about the implications that haven't even occurred yet that could occur owning real estate in and around Seattle because of changes in our demographics. And I just, I think uh, if, if you weren't concerned with the rise in prices and some of the issues about being a landlord prior to all of this, uh, then coronavirus came and then the protests came and uh, the riots and everything else. Now you might be going, all right, that was a straw that broke the camel's back. I want to start looking into alternatives to owning what I own in the Puget Sound. It really is an interesting time for people who do own real estate. And I know that, you know, there's some uncertainty in the future about owning real estate. Typically in the past, though, real estate has been one of the foundations of people who have built wealth along with owning their own businesses. And of course, we've talked before about, you know, rent control that is in Oregon. And, you know, it's going to be here, too, in California. I understand that they now have pushed out that date that you can evict people later and later and later, too. So if you're in the real estate game right now, you're thinking about getting into real estate because, you know, it has been a foundation for the growth of wealth. Should you be rethinking that strategy? Absolutely. You should be rethinking that strategy, but not to necessarily get out of real estate. Real estate's about location, location, location. You know, it's about cash flow, opportunity, and so forth. So it's just being smart with your money. I mean, if you own a stock that's been great for years and years and years, but then, you know, some of the fundamentals are falling apart on it, you might say, well, it's time to sell that stock and buy a different stock. I mean, it's no different than that. The people, the reason people don't do that with real estate, because when they sell that real estate, they got hammered by taxes. And with the Delaware Statutory Trust, obviously, we can eliminate that part of it. And uh, and then you get a side benefit because when you own a stock, you don't have to do anything. You just look it up every day on the in the, on the Internet. But with real estate, you got to take those phone calls and, and then you don't get paid and you got to deal with, OK, why, what are we doing here? Why, why aren't I getting paid or you get regulations put upon you? things break down and you got to fix them or hire them out or you got deferred maintenance. And, you know, I got a lot of things that go on with real estate that don't with stocks. So there, there are reasons why people wouldn't sell real estate in the past to trade up and maybe improve the quality of their real estate and reduce the risk. 
But uh, with the DSTs, you can eliminate so many of the negatives to all of this and maybe get into those zones. You mentioned what well, parts of the city that are, are, are you know, very liberal, other parts conservative. I think it's almost going to be a county or state by state thing. <laughs> yeah. A lot of these DSTs are in Texas, and I'd call that on the conservative side or Florida. Yeah. And uh, Washington obviously is not. You never see a DST in Washington or California or New York or New Jersey or Connecticut. You know, you just don't see them. And so uh, the institutional real estate professionals uh, recognize where's a good place to own real estate going forward, where isn't. And just judging by where they're buying, you can say, yeah, I, I kind of tend to agree. I'd rather own something in Texas or on the Space Coast of Florida than I would uh, in the heart of uh, Capitol Hill right now, for sure. Yeah, and I think about residential real estate, those people who are active landlords. And as you said, you know, they really don't ever have a break from their job because they're going to be getting calls that something is broken or a roof needs to be fixed or whatever. And it is a little bit different if you have commercial real estate. I'm seeing some for sale signs for commercial real estate, too. And I was wondering with a Delaware statutory trust, of course, when you do sell real estate, if you've owned it for a while, you're subject to capital gains taxes. But if you own commercial real estate, can you still do that 1031 exchange into a Delaware? Delaware statutory trust and mitigate those taxes. Yeah, any investment real estate qualifies, whether it's uh, you know a, a office building, uh, industrial park, a strip mall, rental house, fourplex, apartment building, winery, farm, raw land. Any investment real estate can be used in a 1031 exchange. And even now, what well, I'm also seeing a new one, more uh, vacation homes. Uh, a lot of people are going, you know, we had that disruption in, in our Airbnb income, and maybe I don't want to own a vacation home anymore, and I haven't lived, I, I don't stay there for long periods of time. I'd like to use that in a 1031, so that's possible too. So yeah, any of those properties would qualify. And then of course, you defer the capital gains and the depreciation recapture. You've been taking all the years of depreciation. You don't pay tax on that. And then eventually, if you keep doing it upon you or your spouse's death in the state of Washington, all of the uh, taxation that you deferred is eliminated permanently. So while we have these autonomous zones in uh, King County, and as you said, maybe a liberal zone and a conservative zone and maybe a wall like the Berlin Wall between them, and, you know, it's just such a divided environment right now, but you're saying that in some parts of the country, particularly these Sunbelt states, that it isn't as bad as that, and the outlook for owning real estate, whether it be residential real estate, commercial real estate, medical buildings, and that sort of thing, that maybe the future is a bit brighter in those areas. Yeah, it's certainly it's not my opinion. It's just a demographic shift from the Northeast and Chicago and, and some of the colder North states uh, as people are retiring, baby boomers are retiring. They tend to want to live in warmer climates uh, with access to goods and services and so forth. And, uh, you know, Texas and Florida have been gaining population every year as states like even California and uh, Illinois and the Northeast are losing population in, in droves in the Northeast. So that's not an opinion, it's just demographic shift. And that's they're bringing their money and they're, uh, they spend the money on goods and services. And so the economies are better there. The jobs are more prevalent. And uh, frankly, their uh, local and state government coffers aren't as barren as they are in Illinois and California and the Northeast, where they are in huge trouble. They're broke. They just haven't admitted it yet. 
Yeah, so the economic environment for uh, real estate might be a little bit brighter in some of those Sunbelt states, like you mentioned. And, you know, we're not saying that if you have built some wealth with real estate that you need to get out of it. I mean, some people misunderstand. Yeah, no, with a Delaware Statutory Trust, you're still owning real estate and you're getting real estate income from that. You're just not actively managing it. And there are those people who say, well, you know, I like to wander in there and make sure the light bulbs are, you know, lit and the carpets are clean and and that sort of thing and make sure that nobody's keeping a boa constrictor in their basement or they're rebuilding a motorcycle engine in their living room. I mean, how can you avoid having those sort of problems with a Delaware statutory trust? Well, you don't have to be the active landlord anymore. You got a professional real estate company doing it for you. So I would think that they would be a better landlord than I could be ever. So, you know, that's it's uh, easy for me to turn that one over. Personally, I've been a landlord, and I think I did have that person rebuild their motorcycle in my <laughs> in my house, and I had all kinds of really bad uh, experiences being a landlord. It's it's not for me. But if you do like real estate in your portfolio and you've got some actively managed real estate that is investment real estate and you'd like to convert it into a Delaware statutory trust, of course, this is the place to come, I think. Because really, Brian, you've devoted so much of your time and attention to that particular category of investments here in that you have you know, one person I know that just researches these Delaware statutory trusts all the time. If people want to know more about Delaware statutory trusts and how they can continue to own real estate and get that income without actively managing it, how can they go about doing that? Oh, they can just uh, give us a call and, and uh, request information. Go online. That's the easiest. Just uh, give us some information on you. and You just click a box saying you'd like to learn more about 1031 exchanges. Uh, we do have the uh, a tab on our website that goes to a whole area on 1031 and DSTs and gives uh, frequently asked questions and and uh, lots of good information there. You can download books, articles, white papers, all kinds of stuff. But the best thing, I think, is just set up a half-hour phone call with us right. and have me or, or Joel or Christy uh, talk you through uh, and answer all your questions. And, and it's simply all it would be, and just an educational thing. You don't have to pay for it. We'll just do that, and uh, you know, if it if it fits, then uh, maybe we'll be able to do uh, a DST for you. And if not, uh, it's good to know that too. And I know that you've taken calls from people who have uh, seen ads from other companies that do Delaware statutory trusts, and sometimes they may be a little less than truthful and maybe be advertising some things that are not necessarily available. So if you have talked to somebody about Delaware statutory trust in the past, you want to know more about those, it's always a great idea to have a second opinion. And I might point out, too, that we do have a website about Delaware statutory trust, your passive real estate. It's called madrona1031.com, madrona1031.com. So I highly encourage anyone who's even thinking about getting out of the actively managed real estate business to check that website out. Once again, Madrona1031.com. Well, unfortunately, Brian, we're out of time for this week. But before we go, I want to thank everybody for joining us. The executive producer of Growing Your Wealth, of course, is John Capuano. I think our listeners can almost recite this with me. Our director of program operations is the cookie monster, Greg Dennett. That's exactly right. Show produced by the lovely, talented, and dangerous six-degree black belt, our Swedish princess, Stephanie Schoblin. Mike T. Talavera is our associate producer. Laura McLaughlin's our content supervisor. Josh Toys, our technical editor. And Superboy Pete Gustin is our announcer. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Have a great Saturday. Talk to you again next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. 
Hi, this is Brian Evans, president of Madrona Financial Services. As a CPA and wealth manager, I've had lots of clients who owned highly appreciated real estate. And when it was time to sell that property, they all ran into the same problem, a huge tax bill. Up to now, some of their only options were to either follow the strict requirements of a 1031 exchange for another property or pay the hefty tax on the gain. We have access to another option to help our clients. It's called a DST. With a DST, you can still receive the benefits of property ownership like passive income, but you won't be responsible for all the debt or management, and best of all, a DST may meet the qualifications for your 1031 exchange. Now you can potentially defer the tax hit on your highly appreciated property and still get the benefits of investing in real estate. Call us today at 844-MADRONA to learn more about our DST program or visit us online at madronafinancial.com. DST investments are only available to accredited investors and are offered solely through the issuer's offering documents. The DST sponsor determines whether to accept any individual subscription documents. The news of the day sounds bleak. Schools are canceled, travel plans have been canceled, sports are canceled. But good news, your retirement has not been canceled. At Madrona Financial Services, we are focused on the big picture and don't engage in fear-based decision-making. We know this too shall pass, and the future will hold tremendous opportunity. But you need to make sure your nest egg is safe from market volatility today, because you don't get a second chance at retirement. If you're unsure about the safety of your retirement income or your exposure to market volatility, you must take action today. Start by registering for our complimentary webinar, Keep Calm and Retire On, available now by registering at madronafinancial.com. We'll explain what's happening in the financial world and discuss strategies you can put in place to help your portfolio weather this storm. Don't make decisions based on fear and misinformation. It's time to be confident in your financial team and retirement strategy. Register for our complimentary webinar, Keep Calm and Retire On, available now at madronafinancial.com. That's M-A-D-R-O-N-A-Financial.com.